Hello and welcome to another edition of the Arts Award Voice podcast. I will be your host, Tom. And I'm Flossie. Hello, Flossie. Stay away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I realised last time, and I do apologise for this, I didn't really tell you much about myself. So um, my name is Tom, and as well as hosting this podcast, I am also the lead sub-editor for Arts Award Voice. Um, which means I do a lot of writing, a bit of editing and going around and doing interviews, which I really, really love and enjoy doing. Um, but it also means I get to read a lot of the stuff that you post on the website as well. So um, please do keep that up. Flossie, do you want to quickly reiterate who you are as a person? I am a content editor of Arts World Voice, which means that um, I try and generate content, allocate content, um, edit content, write some myself um, and read lots of your stuff. So. I really enjoy it. Yeah, we have some of the best jobs in the world, really. Yeah, we just much. get to sit and read and write all day. And, I mean, is there anything better than that? No. <laughs> no. And um, on the subject of great things, we are going to dive straight into the news. Yes, this is the news with Arts World Voice podcast. This is where we give you some of the like the select headlines um, news of things that have happened in the last month in the arts world. If you want more information on anything you've heard, all of the articles can be found on the website, which is artsworldvoice.com. So, without any further hesitation, let's get into it. Manchester Central Library has just been reopened after being renovated to the tune of fifty million pounds. Warner Brothers have announced that they will be making a movie based on the game Minecraft. You can now interact with a 300-foot sculpture created in collaboration between Google and an artist. Chancellor George Osborne has announced theatre tax breaks. And that's your news with Arts Award Voice Podcast. But that's not actually all the news we have because we are diving headfirst into YNL Watch. Now the YNL, as I'm sure we all know by now, uh, it was in the last podcast, are the Youth Network leaders. And we have a huge gargantuan bag of news um, of what's been going on with the Youth Network in the last month. First up, we're going to hear from Josh who has a very exciting announcement. I have been uh, selected out of many, many apprentices to be CC Skills Apprentice of the Year. Apprentice of the Year, ladies and gentlemen, one of our very own Youth Network leaders is Apprentice of the Year. So Josh, I assume you're particularly happy about this. Well, I was, I was surprised because I didn't even know I'd been nominated. Originally, I, when I was going to go to university, I was going to study biochemistry, which has got absolutely Why? nothing to do with the arts at all. <laughs> and it wasn't until, and I, I'm not changing anything about this, it was the day before you selected which university you went to, I, I thought, you know what? I want to do something else. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to do science. Biochemistry. Exactly. Yeah. So that that was about late May 2013, and it was from the point from late May to late September that I just applied to loads of theatres, cinemas, art, arts venues in general, yeah, saying, yeah. "Look, I I don't even care if you give me an actual job. Just give me experience in this field because it's something I want to work in." And then one day I was just reading my local newspaper. And suddenly I thought, oh, Apprentice Wanted. And you know, the description fitted exactly what I enjoyed doing, mm. and that's really important Well, for, for any job, but especially yeah. for an apprenticeship, because with an apprenticeship you're learning and you're working, and if you don't enjoy what you're doing, why are you there? But as well as Josh, we want to give a huge congratulations to Molly, who has some exciting news of her own. I, uh, I've just finished going through my applications for university, 
and I'm applying, I've applied to drama schools to study backstage theatre and at this point in time I've so far got seven offers for various top places which is really exciting. Um, Molly is horrifically underselling herself here. She's not just got to like some of the top places, these are the best universities in the country for um, drama and um, am I right in saying you have at this moment five unconditional offers? Yeah, five unconditionals because I've already got a couple of A-levels where I'm in my third year at college um, and then two conditionals. I've talked about ArtSword a lot in my interviews um, in terms of the content we're currently producing with voice um, it's really nice to have some interviews have asked me to write reviews and I've been able to say well I've written some online and people have read them. I've got a blog of stage management on voice and it's nice to be able to refer back to that and that also helped me be reflective about the performances I've done and worked on and when I came to talk about them in my interviews it was a lot easier to say the challenges I faced with them and things I learnt from them. My arts awards were in backstage theatre so they made they encouraged my interest in that area um, they gave me like local contacts i managed to get like work experience through doing my arts award so it definitely benefited me when i came to doing all the stuff i've been doing and don't ask me how she has the time to do that but um, on top of getting those fantastic offers she's also been planning an event with sally and they're going to tell you a bit more about that right now hello, hello. Um, i'm sally i'm based in bristol um, so along with Molly, we both work collaboratively in the Southwest as YNLs. I'm Molly, I'm based in Swindon, and I specialise, I suppose, in theatre and visual arts. So Arts World Exchange events aim to bring together young people um, across different Arts World centres and um, indeed just young people interested uh, within the arts. So me and Molly are working to collaborate with other young people, to get them involved with their local community arts groups um, and to initiate arts award within the ones that aren't running it and within pre-existing organisations um, to inspire and sort of help along with the arts award process. I think where as well the arts is such a broad sector, we're getting young people together from all different art forms who perhaps don't know about a different art as much as they'd like to and it's introducing them to how other young people are benefiting from Arts Award in different environments. For example we're looking at working with schools as well as working with youth groups and the way the two different organisations and institutions run Arts Award is entirely different so it'll be nice for the young people to see and exhibit and show off their own work. We have sort of uh, me and Molly met a couple of weeks ago yeah. um, to basically get the ball rolling on our event. We're looking at running it in Swindon, so in my town, um, and basing it around performance and performing mm -hmm. arts and media. We have a group of young filmmakers we want to get in involved, um, a youth theatre group, and pulling in a couple of schools as well and we just want to create an evening event that lets them show off their work. Yeah, I mean, that's another main aim of our event, sort of a platform for the young people to share their skills, which is um, also an element of 
the ArtSource framework. Um, so it helps build on that uh, and offering it across different centres and organisations within Swindon helps build up those networks. Um, and obviously we're going to do some follow-up with the young people after that to maintain positive communication. That sounds like a really exciting event and I'm sure you'll be able to find more details of it on artsawardvoice.com. Next up, we have the discussion piece. Now, um, like, it's not meant to be that we sort of discuss the work that's gone up on Arts Award Voice, but so often you post such fantastic content that we can't, we're just drawn to talk about the topics that you raise. Um, I think the two pieces that we've got today are opinion pieces that have been written for People's Arts Award. Um, and if you want more information on that, then visit artsaward.org.uk to find out more about the award and how the opinion pieces work. But um, yeah, we have two pieces today, and um, Flossie's going to introduce the first one right now. So the first piece was by Jasmine Newhouse, and she was writing about the impact of um, the fashion industry. And the angle that she was going at it from was uh, that models were under too much pressure to sort of starve themselves and be really thin, and that that's having a huge impact on young women. She had some uh, really horrifying statistics saying that um, a recent survey showed that with girls the age of 17 and above, only 30% had never dieted before, and 80% were dissatisfied with their appearance, which is crazy um so i think she was saying you know the fashion industry has to really step up their game in terms of combating um this kind of focus on size zero models and this prompted a bit of discussion in the comments um josh gould was saying uh that um campaigns like the dove campaign and the boots campaign about real beauty um are starting to make an impact and things like that um I was saying that people like Jennifer Lawrence, who who talk about um, loving food and the pressure to be thin, um, are really good role models these days, and people really love them, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to know about your opinion because this is quite a female-focused topic. So, what do you think, Tom? Well, you, you, like you say, it's a female-centered topic, but um, and like, don't get me wrong, I think women are um, incredibly pressured to fit a particular body shape or a particular image of what beauty is meant to be and like I can't talk for all males but I personally actually find it quite grim um <laughs> like hot women who have obviously starved themselves to fit a particular body size or a body shape or to fit into some size six jeans when they're like 5'11 or something is mm -hmm. just not okay I don't think um but like the point I was trying to make was that men are equally under pressure, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> perhaps not to the same extent, but like when you see people like David Beckham or insert another male role model, I'm really not up to date with <laughs> modern society, but um, yeah, when you see those people strutting around in a pair of boxer shorts on TV or on a billboard or advertising some perfume, then you do kind of look at yourself when you're sitting on the sofa playing Titanfall or whatever, <laughs> feeling quite um, inadequate. And like, yeah, I've dieted before in an attempt to try and meet a particular image. And then I realized that like, I can't be bothered. Do you think that that's less to do yeah. with fashion? Because I feel like the influences that you were mentioning were like David Beckham and things like that, who obviously is like a uh, fashion, mm -hmm. you know, people follow his fashion, but it's not, the same as a as a female yeah mate. so do you think that that's the concern like a general problem with society these days is we're all too concerned with our appearances and and being a specific body type 
rather than that coming from the fashion world specifically? I think the fashion world does play a part in it. Um, to give you a sort of more um, generic example, like H&M. Yeah. Um, other clothes brands are available. But H&M, <laughs> like, I can't buy clothes from H&M because their clothes are really all tailored to slim-legged people and those who don't have broad shoulders. I don't fit in their clothes That's crazy. at all. Um, and, like, every time I go in there and see something I like and I look at the size and it's like, oh, wait, I can get my one leg in a, <laughs> <laughs> both of those trouser legs. Uh, it does feel a little rubbish. Mm. Um... Yeah, and that does make you feel quite bad as a person when you can't buy clothes from a shop because they just don't, like, they don't cater to a broad person. Which is completely crazy because I think the average size in England is like a size, of women anyway, is like a size 14. Um, and But then loads of shops, I think Abercrombie and Fitch said that they'll only go up to a size 14 because they don't want people above that wearing their clothes. I read about that and yeah. I vowed, well, I hate their clothing anyway yeah um although i'm sure people do enjoy them but i vowed <laughs> i would never buy clothes yeah. from them ever because of what they said then that is just a bottom that was their um man that yeah. was the um well, director was some- wasn't yeah it? there was something about um either he said or someone in response to that gave loads of clothes to homeless shelters on purpose then to be like well if you don't if you don't want certain types of people wearing your clothes then i'm not interested in being the yeah. person you do want yeah and i think that's completely right i personally would I've got to be so careful <laughs> as to what I'm just about to call people to go into arms against um, uh, <laughs> irresponsible fashion companies. Um, so I retract that statement. But I really think people need to take a closer look at some of the ethics and behaviour mm. of fashion industry and um, particularly fashion brands because there are those out there who are pushing unrealistic and unhealthy ideas about um, body shape and size. Um, which, which, yeah, they are just unrealistic. Yeah, and especially with Photoshop as well, you end oh, up with all my... these people that like are missing limbs <laughs> or would fingers. never be able, yeah, yeah, would never be able to stand up straight. And you do it so hard to to remember that they've done that when you just end up thinking. But then, like, you never pass anyone who looks like that in the streets. No, so you, you I don't. I don't know why this is like, crazy pressure. Well, yeah, but um, on the flip side of that, I think maybe they could continue to use photoshop they could turn it out down a bit because some people are starting to look somewhat alien (laughs) with the amount of airbrushing that's gone on there and it's like what are you made of china yeah but um like i think equally there needs to be maybe more education about the fact that photoshop is used Mm -hmm. um because and i again want to be really careful here but there may be an issue where people aren't aware that photoshop is being used Mm -hmm. and then they and that perhaps warps their perception of what people can look like. So, like, we could either stop the practice or we could edu- educate people about the practice and then let them make informed decisions. I think the informing people is working quite well at the moment. And actually, there was an opinion piece about Photoshop on Voice recently, so you can look that up. That, again, prompted lots of discussion um, in the comments underneath. Um, but I think it would be much better to just stop photoshop photoshopping like to get out spots or whatever Mm. i can understand photoshopping people's body types is wrong because it makes it seem like certain body types are better than others which obviously um is wrong i mean in this article jasmine quotes Karl lagerfeld who says that fashion is a great way to to encourage people to be healthy or something along those lines Um, and she says yeah i can kind of see that point whereas i think it's just one of those 
silly little phrases like when Kate Moss said nothing tastes as good as skinny feels which are just so wrong so Mm. wrong Jennifer Lawrence came back at that and said yeah I know loads of things that taste as good as skinny feels bread number one you know like ice cream popcorn there's loads of stuff and I just think we just need to completely rethink the way that we talk about this stuff yeah I I completely agree and um, like let's not forget that there are like really life threatening situations that can come from this um within the article jasmine mentioned i can't pronounce her name is it luisel ramos yeah. luisel <laughs> ramos who um in 2006 died backstage um just as she was about to appear on catwalk um because of heart failure um and this was due to her um anorexia because she only ate salad and diet coke for three months and that sort of extremity like the extreme nature in which women are prepared to go to in an attempt to look mm-hmm. um, and I'm using air quotes here on the podcast beautiful <laughs> is just appalling and like it almost makes me feel embarrassed to be a man when um, like women say that they do it for more attention from males because it's like well lots of males have different tastes <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah absolutely like i would much rather see somebody who's happy and healthy than can fit into a pair of size four jeans mm. um yeah it's actually quite upsetting to think that women believe that men are that vain mm. but it's also equally upsetting that men can be <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> both sides need to just reflect upon what's going on in well society. I, I think it's quite um uh, appropriate as well because of the no makeup selfies thing at the moment which has mm. caused huge huge Up debates everywhere, yeah. um, with some people writing in the comments well put your makeup back on I thought you were pretty why did you take put it your off makeup and, back on yeah uh, people, yeah 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 and other people saying oh it's just narcissism and, and all that kind of stuff I mean my personal opinion is so raising money for charity go for it it's mm. raised like millions so far I think so yeah yeah, I think as long as you are donating yeah. money. But I quite like the ones, um, I've seen some who are like doing no makeup selfie and they're still wearing makeup and it's so obvious that they're still wearing really? makeup. Really? Yeah. Oh, I like the ones, <laughs> did, you, did you see the ones where it was boys putting on makeup and doing a Yeah, selfie? I did. I, well, I've only seen one and it was creepy. Oh. Actually. Like, <laughs> so we can't convince you to do it? <laughs> um, I used to wear makeup. Really? Yeah, when I was like all gothic. I what used kind to do, of makeup did you use? Um, eyeshadow, eyeliner, mascara, and occasionally lipstick and nail varnish. Oh, so you wouldn't need to do the selfie? I wouldn't. No, I can just like fish up an old photo of me. Yeah. Um, no, that that won't ever be happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I like almost conversely. I look back and I was like, oh, I was so thin then. It was, oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. There's the yeah, there's the pressure, but it's sort of self-imposed. I like I've given up on fashion and society like I wear jeans I like my jeans I wear converses they're comfortable Mm -hmm. and I wear a shirt because I like to pretend I've got class I mean (laughs) I think that is one good thing about about today's world Mm. I think that we are living now in a in a time when it's way cool it's cool to be kind of quirky and all that kind of thing which I think is good because it means it's okay to not follow even what the fashion houses do or whatever. But definitely, I am 24 now and I've grown into wanting just wearing whatever I want um, and not caring as much. But um, I can understand when I was like 16 or whatever, I definitely wanted to be Kate Moss and all that kind of stuff. So I can understand why mm. there's still so much pressure. Yeah, so you've grown out of um, sort of feeling that pressure. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I still, I still feel it, but mm. in a, in a, in a di- yeah, I'm much more comfortable now. Much more comfortable way. Cool. Um, well, if you have any opinions on that, then do hop over to Voice. Um, you'll find the article on there. It is by um, Jasmine Newhouse, and it's called The Impact of the Fashion Industry. The second article that I want to talk about is a piece by Georgina Berryman, and it is discussing um, illustrations in adult literature. Now, it was a really, really short piece, but she sort of came to the conclusion that there are less pictures or no pictures in adult literature, and she kind of wanted to know why. And Flossie, you commented on this, but... um, it's also good to hear vocally why you think this. Now, you did a degree in children's literature, am yeah. I right? Yes. Yeah. So, can you explain to us why, theoretically, there might be no illustrations? Well, I think that um, there are increasingly lots of pictures in uh, books for adults and for young people with um, graphic novels and manga. And also, um, just generally, I've read a few young adult books. Um, for instance, Patrick Ness wrote A Monster Calls, um, which is this absolutely incredible, really, really sad book. So maybe get some tissues before you read it um but the the illustrations are absolutely vital to the whole feeling of the book and i think that's the difference that often i think adults don't realize how um how illustrations are being used they don't just illustrate a text they don't just explain what words mean or explain what's going on they enhance the text and expand the text and and the text and the pictures work together so that you couldn't really have one without the other and that's particularly true of picture books for instance um, I, as you said, did children's literature for my degree. I studied picture books and by the end of the year it took me four hours to read one picture book because there's just so much going on and there's a whole other language you need to discuss what picture books are doing. Um, from the front cover to the back cover and every page in between you have to look at so many different things. Like for instance, uh, I'm sure lots of you have read Where the Wild Things Are. If you look um, at the pictures they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as he goes into the wild until they take over the whole double spread page and then gradually gets smaller and smaller as he goes back home again and just a small thing like that which you wouldn't notice but you kind of subconsciously realize um is kind of what picture books are doing all the time giving you these little clues um and there's so many books like anthony brown books the gorilla books you notice um i don't know a few times you'd have to read the same book a few times and every single time a child would be like oh but that person is an animal oh did you notice that thing and that's the beauty is all these little hidden hidden things so if if there isn't if there aren't illustrations in adult books, I think that's because they think it's too simplistic, but actually that's because people don't recognise how sophisticated illustrations are in books for young people. Hmm. Um, Josh raised the point in the comment section that um, it could destroy imagery that is built up. Yeah. So um, a lot of children's books will use the illustrations to perhaps convey how something looked yeah. whereas um an author of a more adult orientated um literature would like spend time crafting yeah the words to sort of generate an image in your mind yeah, yeah. do you think that is a bit of a do you think that that's a valid argument um i think that's a, definitely a valid argument for some books but i think it, it would be really interesting if more books explored how images and illustrations could work with the text um but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a ama- you know when you read Harry. Uh, well, it's kind of upsetting because like when you read Harry Potter and you have an idea in your mind and then you mm. see the film and you're like, what? Yeah, no it ruins, way. <laughs> it ruins so much. Um, that so film. it is. Re- yeah, it's really it is really important to come up with things in your mind is really nice. But that doesn't mean that that's always the rule or that's always the rule for adult books. Mm. Cool. Um, what is your favorite? Uh, what is your favorite child's book? Um, 
hop onto voice and post a comment or tweet at us actually that would be awesome if you could tweet at us which is at arts award voice and let us know what your favorite picture book is and if nobody tweets the hungry caterpillar then i'm going to be hugely disappointed i'm going to quit voice i'm going to quit the podcast i'm just going to sit (laughs) and read it again and again and again eating exactly the same food as him until i (laughs) explode until you turn into a butterfly until i turn into a butterfly yeah and you definitely should because it's 40 years i think this year since 40 years since it first came out twice my age yeah, I was uh, at the book launch. You so. were at the book launch, yeah. yeah. You you had the had the original idea, if I recall. Yeah. I was oh. the caterpillar. Yeah, actually. on Wikipedia. <laughs> but you're just a moth. Yeah. Oh. oh no, moths are beautiful. That's true, moths yeah. are beautiful. And more nocturnal. Um, do they eat as much nice food? I don't do butterflies eat nice food? We can't go off the assumption of Bugs Life being like a documentary. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm that sorry, is yeah, real? I know. Flick's um, not true. No, David Attenborough didn't do the voiceover, so it's not true, I'm oh, afraid. Man. Yeah, I know. There we go, Arts Award voice, crushing dreams. Yeah, crushing dreams. <laughs> when I turned 20, I found that out as well. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, so let us know what you think, and if you do have an opinion, then do go on to um, voice and also comment on Georgina's post. <laughs> And now we have an interview with Joe Craig, who is a firm favourite of Arts Award Voice and has appeared on the site a lot in the past. I went to visit him recently and we discussed creativity and he had a lot to say on the matter. What you'll hear next is just a small snippet of an hour-long interview we held with Joe, trying to pick out some of the key points. The whole interview can be heard on the website or downloaded on iTunes via the Tom Innes Interviews podcast. I'm Joe Craig. I'm an author, mainly, and screenwriter. My main thing has been, over the last few years, to write the Jimmy Coates series, which are action thrillers usually described as the born identity for kids. I know there are certain things that will help spur creative thought. It might be different for each person. Uh, I've got a writer friend who basically comes up with everything in the bath, and the the solution to all problems is in a soapy bucket of water. Uh, For me, walks don't help, baths don't help. I discovered a few years ago that I like to fiddle with things. I like to have my hands active in order for me to be able to think anything up. That usually means a pen and doodling or jotting down the notes of things that I'm thinking about, or it can be typing. There are superficial differences. Writing a song takes an hour. Writing a book takes six months at least. Mm. Writing a screenplay takes several weeks and you might have to go through several drafts so that builds up to several months as well so there's a time difference the the depth of focus and intensity is the same for each one with a song i feel like you can rely more on happy accidents a bit but i read that frederick forsyth wrote the day of the jackal by writing two thousand words a day and I realised that I had this year at home. If I wrote 2,000 words a day, I could write a book. Things are meant to be bad sometimes. The first thing you write will be bad. Fact. That's great. That's yeah. the idea. The album's called The Song Man and Me, Volume 1. I plan to do Volume 2 at some point. Um, and it's available on all the usual music outlets. Song? Romantic Song is the <clears throat> cheesiest love song you could possibly imagine. And that was deliberate. I just sat down to write... An cheesy. overly cheesy romantic song. <laughs> Monkey Tree is an obvious choice. That's the most upbeat, most catchy, <laughs> strangest song that I've written. <laughs> so in the book industry, when they pay me in advance, as long as I deliver the book, I keep the advance. Mm. In the music industry, the traditional setup was slightly different. 
that the advance was the money used to pay for everything. So you, the artist doesn't necessarily get the advance. Yeah, but it's a very odd system that we've developed where we expect authors and musicians are earning millions, or they should earn millions. I don't know if I've got the energy to change it today. Today I just <laughs> put, put, so, socks on. I put on. so much is, energy into putting my socks on. This is productivity. That I'm not sure I have the energy the today, today to, to, to changing things. I tend to spend the mornings not trying to write. Uh, I spend, tend, tend to spend the mornings doing all the dull admin stuff that comes up when you're a writer that everybody has. Emails and online stuff. and uh, But then I'll try to read or I'll watch a movie. And the more reading I do, the better my writing goes. And then nice long lunch. Then sleeping off the nice long lunch. Okay. And then I generally get down to any kind of effective work in the middle of the afternoon or towards the end of the afternoon. And on in the ideal working week, I don't have to get up the next day. I can carry on the next day writing. So that means I can break my working day with dinner and carry on working late into the evening. And those are my peak writing hours. And then do the same the next day. This all gets disrupted if I have an event on because that means I have to get up in the morning. Mm. So I'll um, not be able to write so late. So I'll have to shift things earlier. Okay. If you'd like to read something I've written, if you think you'd like a good thriller, then check out one of the Jimmy Coates books. The latest one is Jimmy Coates Blackout, but pick up whichever one you like the look of. They're all available anywhere that you can get books, and you can get signed ones through my website, joecraig.co.uk. And if you'd like to hear more of my music, then search for Joe Craig at any place they have music. And you can also hear it all through joecraig.co.uk or on the Joe Craig Bandcamp page as well. Cool. Uh, Joe can be tweeted at... At... At joecraiguk. So sadly, uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Um, it's gone so fast. The time flies when you're having fun. And um, we hope you've had as much fun listening to it as we have had making it. Um, we've managed to pack loads in. We talked about the news um, from the last month in the arts world. We also chatted a bit about what the YNLs are up to. A huge congratulations to Josh and Molly. Um, we also discussed Jasmine and Georgina's pieces that they uploaded on Voice about the impact of the fashion industry and um, illustration in adult literature. We uh, had a brilliant interview with Joe Craig, so thanks so much to Tom for doing that brilliant interview. And so all that's left for us to say is please get in touch with us on Twitter, on Flickr and especially on Voice. Um, upload your videos, your poetry, um, your writing, anything that you want. We love seeing it. We, re- we genuinely, honestly do. We read through everything that's up there essentially every day. Yeah. Like, it's on like on Chrome. It's one of the first websites that now comes up because yeah. I'm just constantly reloading it to try and see new content that's been pushed up there. And anything you do post might end up on the podcast. Mm. Um, so to G- Georgina and Jasmine, their pieces have been discussed this month and it could be yours next month. So please do write. If you have, like, an issue in the arts or if you have something that you just want to rant about then get on voice and let us know and then we could pick it up yeah it might, you might see it on twitter uh, uh, it might be promoted to the front page mm. and some stuff is even pushed onto the actual arts award facebook page yeah so there are so many outlets and you could get so much feedback and it's so vitally helpful if you're um, doing your arts award to get that feedback and generate that discussion and so many of you on arts award are it's fantastic Um, But we have to go, I'm afraid. So thank you for listening. I've been Tom, your host for the show and lead sub-editor for Arts Award Voice. 
and I've been joined by Flossie, the magnificent Flossie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So, um, thank you for being on the show as well. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Oh, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> and we wish you the very best of months. Thanks for listening. And Joe Craig is here to play us out. This might sound a little strange But I never saw the point before Of things like flowers These days my attitude has changed And if it's raining in a garden I'll watch for hours And I don't need a reason To send you roses You made me someone romantic My love, just so romantic Sweet love, and I wasn't before You kiss me, and I feel romantic My love, just so romantic Sweet love, so keep kissing me more I'd like to spoil you with breakfast in bed On a secret island hideaway With emerald beaches Champagne, caviar or chocolate instead Let's fly in our balloon and see how high it reaches We could sing romantic songs And watch the sunset You made me someone romantic my love just so romantic sweet love and i wasn't before you kiss me i feel romantic my love just so romantic sweet love so keep kissing me more you brought out the sunshine in candlelight you put corner tables in the center of my mind anything i thought was wrong you put it right you and i should run away and leave the world behind you made me someone romantic my love hopeless romantic sweet love and i wasn't before you kiss me and i feel romantic my love just so romantic sweet love so keep kissing me more my love please keep kissing me more